Hey, I'm Jerry Springer. I'm Gene Galvin. And we're the Elevator Comics. We perform in some of the best elevators in the country, telling eye-watering jokes in as few as two floors. But we once entertained a car full of conventioneers stuck on the 14th floor for 40 minutes. Call your favorite hotel and tell them that you want the Elevator Comics on your next ride. We're the hottest new act in the laughing world. I seen Springer and Galvin in a hotel elevator in Jackson, Mississippi, and they was hilarious. Best two floor ride of my life. Hey, Jerry, what were you saying to that guy in the lobby? He was telling me you just bought the best hearing aid money can buy. I said, yeah, what kind is it? He said, four o'clock. <laughs> the elevator comics were fast, topical, and usually family friendly. But when the sun goes down, so do we. Our sizzling adult set starts nightly at nine. The elevator comics, you'll never take the stairs again. Guy says to me the other day on one of the rides, ballroom, please. I said, sorry, I didn't know I was crowding you. <laughs> okay, sixth floor, folks. Enjoy your stay and call the front desk if you need extra towels. Watch your step getting off. We've got to pay the insurance bill. Elevator comics are brought to you by Up and Down Productions. Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Gerald Norman Springer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, you have to let me know. No, because we're going to get calls now from lots of hotels around the country. Oh, they're what, they're pouring in. What do you yeah. mean we're going to get calls? Oh, they're yeah, pouring in? Every yeah. super yeah. six I'd like or to, super This is eight. the one piece of my business plan that's actually working, Megan. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're well, even a blind squirrel, Gene. I don't know what to tell you. Where's the money? What are we charging them to... to hasn't really thought that through yet. Let's say a weekend on an elevator. What, what should we... <laughs> I'm going all Donald Trump on him. I'm negotiating the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. right, hey, by the oh, way. Oh, if we could get in his hotel. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah. What a great idea. Now, there's a business yeah. idea. There's a business Sorry, idea. Sorry, Gene. There's you just got idea. Trump. We can't even get uh, in the building. Right. We'll be lucky to get in some cheap six or sleep cheap hotel or something. The problem, hey. look, I looked at the Motel Sixes. But yeah. there are only two floors. We'd have well, to, Jerry, we have we'd to, have to have very short jokes. <laughs> we work fast. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we're going to hit back by popular demand, Crystal Peterson. Yeah. And the Queen City they Band. They are phenomenal. She was on yeah. our last podcast. It was nice we, for them to stay in town for a week so they come they back into town. Us. But yeah. they, they are fantastic, and we've uh, brought them back for another episode. And also, Jerry's going to talk about Steve Bannon, and one of the counselors to the president, in a speech he gave to CPAC, which is a conservative yeah. organization. Uh, and I did want to uh, wanted to ask you something, Jerry, about your TV show because and <laughs> Megan's going to join me on this. We have a perception. We know. I'm pretty sure it's reality. Your he's a big TV star. Megan. Is he? Oh, he's huge, huge. <laughs> huge. Do they know him in Cuba? Oh, yeah, they do. No, no, actually, in Cuba. Oh, well, that was, was ridiculous. They did not know who he was. No, in Cuba. not even a little bit. God, that was the no. longest week <laughs> the of my Castro life. Brothers, Castro Brothers <laughs> made damn sure no Cuban would ever know who he is. Yeah. Um, so, d Megan, picture this. Jerry does, uh, what do you do, three shows on Monday and three, three shows on Tuesday? Yeah, before I fly. And so, here. Yeah. 
look, you do a show and you take a break. You go back to your office. Yes. Here's what we're picturing. You have a big paneled office. You go in there and it's, and I know you probably would like to kick back a little bit, but people are on you. They're phones ringing, people coming in and out. Everybody's yelling, Jerry, crazy. can I get to 10 minutes He's of your time? He's got the makeup bib on and the stuff yeah, got just that. happening. Yeah, like, yeah. like one of those doll collars, uh -huh. you know, when they hurt their <laughs> neck or something. Don't touch, don't, don't, don't yeah. touch. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and Jenna's probably out there, probably has a phone bank with like Making three or deals. four, oh. boom, boom, pushing buttons. Hold on, yeah. hold, hold for Mr. Springer. Well, I mean, like today, actually, between the first and second show, Talk. I, I picked up the phone immediately. I said, Jenna, we're out of prune juice. <laughs> oh, my God. I, and I cannot because, stand this no, job anymore. No, the refrigerator <laughs> in my office. She's supposed to keep it stocked. I apologize, Megan. Hey, uh, what is yeah. the reality at, at oh, your what is show, show in between shows? Is it a busy place? Is it bustling? And, and how bustling? many do you usually do? Two back to back? Is that how you film? Or three? We or? do th three on Mondays. Oh, you do three. Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. All right. Three on Mondays. So that's got to be pretty hectic. Actually, it is, but not for me. No. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, the producers there, everyone's working really hard. Yeah. But yeah. you, what, uh, you told me once that Jenna says you, you want the door closed when you go in. Oh. No, no, no. I, I want some contact with people. I mean, yeah. nobody really does. Come I do there. take uh, on Mondays when we do three shows. Yeah. This is true. I do take a nap between the second and third <laughs> show. I'm 73 years old. I get tired in the afternoon. And I got people throwing chairs, throwing cake. You don't think that tires you out? Jerry Springer for crying out loud. I'm ducking left and right. It's not easy. Actually, most of the work I have to do is just talking with general managers. And it's the business part of stations that carry our show. So it's that. It has nothing to do with what the show's about. Because I told you, I'm not allowed to know what the show's about. That's for the best. Yeah. yeah. It's so guy, if I knew what it was about, I wouldn't go in. The show's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would I'm I want? doing this. Why would I want to be there for God's sake? Good Lord. Guy goes to work for FedEx and he goes home and he's tired. Am I going to hit tired. you? He's tired. He lies down on the couch and yeah. maybe yeah. We have. A, I, I have a nice couch. Yeah. Are you tired when you go home? Are you exhausted? Is your back hurt? <laughs> I don't know. Where is this that, going? That private jet has some Straight pretty unstable I mean, oh, seats, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, uh, you make more it? than a guy that works at FedEx uh, lifting boxes up and delivering things. Yeah, I get more laughs. <laughs> yeah. I should. No, yeah. yeah I, where is uh, this going? I'm yeah, where, where is it going? <laughs> he has I no know? idea. Yeah, I'm tired. Hey, yeah. Yeah. No, I, it, yeah, I work. No, I don't. Yeah, no, of course you do. We uh, keep doing what you do because that's how we. That's do how this. that's your yeah, business that's plan. Yeah, that's yeah. a business plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should come and see a show. I keep telling I you. I have that. never been to a show. Megan, I don't want you to come and see. a I show I would love as well. to come see a we'll show, go. Jerry. It's Thank unbelievable. You. We just don't experience. have any way of getting it's there. It's weird that's because I don't have any way to get yeah, to we don't a have Connecticut. Well, today we had a guy on the show, really, and they they had been fighting, and and she said, "Jerry, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty." You know, so we gave, honestly, we gave her a plastic glass of water. She takes the water and throws it, and I get sub. My suit will not at, at someone else. Yeah, and it, and it hit me, hit and my suit is dry clean only. You got played. Wow. Yeah. You think you got problems. I, I, I did until right now. You're right. I have not walked a mile in your shoes. Hey. <laughs> I don't think I've ever walked a mile either. I don't think you have either. <laughs> yeah. I get driven. Yeah, right. <laughs> Chauffeured in my walk? shoes. Excuse me. <laughs> hey, You're such uh, a turd. <laughs> let's talk about the elephant in the middle of the room. 
He's right here uh, and he can hear you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After the last election, the presidential election, yeah. now we're, everybody's anticipating the two-year elections. And in the state of Ohio, there are not only elections for all the congressional seats and, I guess, one uh, Senate seat, Sheriff Brown's Senate seat, but also all the administrative seats, like governor, uh, auditor, etc. And the fact is, you are being talked about. I know this because I read, I, I'm here all the time. You are being talked about as a candidate for governor. And you didn't start it. You did not start it. You said nothing to anybody. No, I just wrote the if anyone would like to, and I said, you guys started, and then read this. No, no, I know. But you are being talked about. I mean, I've read articles. I've heard about phone calls flying around the state from some pretty high up people, by the way, who know this stuff. And there are people, and let me just be direct about this: the election of Donald Trump, because Donald Trump is essentially a reality TV star. I saw it put. One way today, I thought it was wonderful. He's a television performer masquerading as an expert manager. That probably is true. Yeah. He's a TV guy. He's not, yeah, he and he knows know. nothing about politics. He yeah. had no preparation for this. But you have, you were mayor of Cincinnati. You once ran back in the 80s for governor in the Democratic primary. You study this stuff constantly. You read books constantly. You talk about it on this podcast. You are being talked about as a potential governor candidate. What well, What are your thoughts? Um, is this in the program? <laughs> yeah, wow, Gene. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no. Do you, do you, yeah. No, I yeah, I, I about this. And uh, yeah, well, if I could do it Wednesdays and Thursdays, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I do three shows on Monday, <laughs> right. two on Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. night here for the podcast. Be governor <laughs> Wednesday afternoon That's and Thursday. Perfect. You got to have some time off on the weekend. Jerry. Yes, I want to be able to. Right? But is it, uh, yeah. What's uh, it like they, to be talked about? Almost every election, every two years, as a well, candidate for a high office. I understand why it happens, stepping outside myself to say, yeah. well, after, you know, because my show has obviously been controversial for years. And, uh, but with Trump getting elected, then all of a sudden, there are political people around this state that are saying, hey, wait a second. Um, you know, Jerry, I could be. Uh, the Trump without the racism, without the bigotry, et cetera. Uh, I mean, that's honestly what they're thinking. You know, I could be the crazy guy on the other side. Uh, except hopefully I can put a sentence together. Uh, but And you but could they, connect yeah. with some of those Yeah, but I'm, I'm not. I, I, I'm, I'm not. First of all, it, the job, I believe, demands younger people and... Uh, you know, I am 73, and I think I'm still healthy or whatever, but it, the energy required for it. And there are a lot of young people coming up, and this is their chance to, you know, my day, I think, has passed, to be honest with you, on that kind of, of a job. So, you know, and there are other things I want to do in life. So, you know, do I say never, ever, ever would I ever consider it? But right now, it's... You can't picture it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't picture it happening, and... Uh, but yeah, you, but this, honestly, as you know, every single election, particularly in southern Ohio, 
uh, whether it's a mayoral election, a congressional election, every year reporters or you know some political people will say, hey, because you're always looking for candidates, and obviously I'm known, and they people around here also know that I'm political, that I've had political jobs. So, of course, you get part of the conversation. But that's a lot different than I'm mobilizing to run for yeah. office. And I don't, you know, at this point, it gets to be more ego than anything else. You know, it's not like, oh, the state can't get along unless I'm its governor. I mean, that's absurd. Well, the so, political operatives want to win. And I do believe they look at you, some of them, currently, in fact, could uh, we do this podcast we, from Columbus? Uh, we probably could. <laughs> uh, I, but I, I have an obligation here to the uh, coffee shop. You got coffee parlor. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you one other thing. Yeah. Because I've always said that uh, probably through the political years, I've been the uh, entourage of one. Jerry has to have somebody, doesn't have to, but it's probably wise to have somebody with him that he oh, can yeah, say, yeah. talk to that guy over there. And I'm that guy. So I'm the witness. And I've seen, and I saw it again last summer in Philadelphia at the Democratic Convention. I saw Jerry Springer move about drawing more crowds than anybody, whether it's a political star or a media star. And I saw him perform again on his feet, speaking to congressional delegations from states from around the country. And he delivers. So it's not, it, it's, it's. Okay, I'll run. Now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that took a lot, Gene. Yeah. So oh, that's oh, to damn say my arm. Oh. <laughs> that's to say that I'm never surprised when I see this uh, game get on because the game yeah. is on, and uh, like you say, see where it goes. Probably, I hear you. It's not not going anywhere, and but you can never you never know what the future. No, is. I so, know. So I appreciate it. I just okay. thought it might be worth uh, just touching on that since it's being reported some other places. By the way. Sure. We ought to talk yeah. about it on our own podcast. It's yeah. your podcast. I'm sure the people at NBC love to hear this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, and by the way, there's no, we're not yeah. playing any games here. You oh, have no intention of doing yeah. anything other than what you're doing. Yeah, no, that's so fine. we get that. Uh, hey, uh, Steve Bannon, speaking of politics, Steve Bannon, and let's set the stage as to who yeah. he is. He used to run Breitbart News. Some say he's a white supremacist. Yep. He uh, got involved with Trump pretty early on, and you did an incredible uh, political comment last week on a podcast, two weeks ago, actually, where you said, and I, it, was, it was amazing, because I, I, it was, I loved it, you said that Trump could be Bannon's empty vessel, that yeah. he's his empty vessel, that Bannon got Trump, so this isn't Bush's brain, Carl Rove, the other yeah. way, this is like Bannon's the brain, Trump's the empty vessel, and... And he the, wasn't, uh, actually, he wasn't Bannon's first pick. Correct. Um, ban just to pick yeah. up, not to cut you off, but yeah. to pick up from exactly what you were saying, but just to recap quickly what the uh, podcast was two weeks ago, what my rant was two weeks ago, that all of what we're seeing now is Steve Bannon. And Steve Bannon should be taken seriously. He is, you know, unlike Trump, he is a very, very, very bright person. Uh, he has a worldview that I find offensive and other people might find offensive, but he's very bright and should not be dismissed. And his worldview, and we're not guessing at this, we're not interpreting it. We have his exact words. He has given speeches. He has 
uh, given interviews. He has done radio, and he, as you said, was uh, you know running Breitbart News, which created a platform for his worldview, which is that we are running into the clash of civilizations, Christianity versus Islam. That is his belief. Not that we're just dealing with a few terrorists now, but he believes we are on the way to a world war of Christianity versus Islam. That is his view. And to deal with his worldview, he has been looking to put somebody in a position of power that can carry his message and his philosophy. And I don't totally mean it as a derogatory term, although it comes out as one. He was looking for an empty vessel. By what I mean by that is someone that he thinks could be elected but doesn't have any political philosophy so he can feed the political philosophy and be the power behind the throne to get done what he wants. Because Bannon knows, based on his personality, and he's acerbic and things like that, that he could never get elected in a popular election like that. So he needs to find a candidate to push his idea. But it has to be someone who doesn't have their own political views yet. He first, interestingly enough, he tied on to Sarah Palin. In fact, he even did a documentary about her. He was very complimentary about her because he thought, aha, here is someone who is charismatic. Because remember, let's not forget, the first couple of weeks after she was nominated, she was a rock star. And I remember as Democrats, we were saying, oh, no, man, is this now what finally, you know, what beats us in an election we should win? So she was a rock star. And so he ties on her. He does a documentary on her. But then, of course, she self-destructed. So he had to look elsewhere. He had a relationship with Trump because of all the tabloid uh, newspaper that he was running and Trump was big in the tabloids in New York. So they kind of had an association and he figures Trump may be the one. So he was one of the first ones to catch on to Trump when they had 17 Republicans running in the primaries. So look at what he has done. First, he gets attached to that campaign. Then he he works himself to become the manager of the campaign, the chairman of the campaign. Then when Trump gets elected, he works it out that he's going to be the chief advisor to the president. And that wasn't enough because remember his worldview, getting ready for the clash of civilizations. He's got to get himself on the National Security Council. First time ever a political advisor gets on the National Security Council. So he gets himself appointed to that, a permanent member, and gets the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the head of Central Intelligence dismissed from it. Oh, my gosh. He's moving into a position of power. Now, two steps. In order to uh, get ready for this clash of civilizations, two things he has to take care of. The first is, we have to get Russia on our side. Why? Because Russia is the only superpower left in the world that could stop his plans. For the past 50 to 70 years, anything America has tried in the Middle East, which is the base of where Islam is, anything he's, America has done in the Middle East, Russia, or Soviet Union back then, is always on the other side. They 
go on whatever side we're on, they take the other side. And so if he wants to have a free run at Islam, he can't have Russia in the way, particularly in the Middle East. So he wants to be friendly with Russia. That is what is going on, not trying to save Trump's hotels. Bannon could give a crap about his hotels. Bannon wants a good relationship with Russia. Trump's never spent 10 seconds of his life thinking about what the impact is of a relationship with Russia. It's Bannon. Now, why would Russia go along with this? Well, Russia wants Bannon to be successful. Russia wants America to become nationalist. Russia wants America to be isolationist. Because if we become isolationist, as Russia wants, or as Bannon wants, and withdraw support from NATO, withdraw support from our alliances, what does that mean? If America stops supporting NATO, which you keep hearing about, and backing off from our alliances in um, Asia and, and uh, Europe, then Russia can expand its influence as well as its territory. So it's perfect for Putin to have America become isolationist and nationalist. That is what the first step of what Bannon is now doing. Step number two He's moving towards ethnic purity in America. When I say ethnic purity, he sees America as basically Christian and white. And the reason for that is he's against a multicultural society because how do you fight Islam if we're multicultural? This is what my podcast was about two weeks ago, what I thought was going on. And I talked a little more about it, but I'll cut it short from there. Now what the issue is, is he's got Russia on our side. He's moving towards the ethnic purity of, of, of America. I thought maybe I went a little too far. You know, I remember going home and telling Mickey, geez, I had this theory and, you know, it could blow up in my face. This could be really stupid. And lo and behold, the next day or two days later, he appears before CPAC, the conservative PAC in America, and he gives a speech, and my God, it was almost as if he was reading off the damn thing. And the words he used, which is really scary, he used words like, we have to be a nation with a culture. We have to have our own culture. Now, what do you think he means when he says our own culture? Those are code words. Psst, it's got to be white. It's got to be Christian. That's America. And that's his code word for this culture. He doesn't want a multicultural society. And worse, he says, we must take our country back. Who's we and from whom? I mean, really, who's we? We must take our country back? And from whom are we taking it back? There's only one possible interpretation of what that means. Who's he kicking out? What do you mean, we? Because if otherwise, we means all of us. Mexican-Americans, Muslims, Jews, Catholics, Polish people, Irish people, Asians, Africans that are in America. No, he's not talking that. Our culture? We must take our country back? What does that mean? And then he says... 
That is our reason for being, to defend our culture. And I am telling you that is the most threatening thing to the idea of the United States of America. Now, this may be a little bit weird or ironic to have me quoting Jesus, but I want to do that. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm a loyal Jew, but I want, to, I want to quote Jesus because, boy, is this on point. And Jesus' words, and I wrote it down so I get it right. I mean, I do read the Bible, but I'm not an expert on it. But Jesus said, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? And Bannon is a, a practicing Catholic, as I understand it. Well, wait a second, Steve Bannon. Why don't you listen to the words of Jesus? He's talking about gaining the whole world. In this clash of civilizations, we will defeat Islam. That's his view. To gain the whole world, he is willing to forfeit our soul because the soul of America is we are a multicultural society. That is the idea of America. It's what I've said on many occasions. It's the only thing which distinguishes us from every other country in the world. Every other country in the world started out as a tribe, an ethnic group, a particular race, and then got more territory and moved into becoming an empire or whatever. Only America started out first as an idea. And the idea was it wouldn't matter what your religion is. It wouldn't matter where your parents were from. It wouldn't matter what ethnicity you have. The Statue of Liberty is our symbol, not a wall. That's the idea, America. That is our soul. If we could wear a pendant around our neck as Americans, it would be a little statue of the Statue of Liberty. That's America. We are going to give up, on his theory, give up our soul, rip the statue off our necks, and instead we'll win the world. But what are we then? What have we won? Steve Bannon does, I don't care how smart he is, he's a lot smarter than me, but good Lord, he has no understanding of what the United States of America really is. And therefore, I am announcing today. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we're calling forward Crystal Peterson and the Queen City Band, and they're back by popular demand from a podcast last week. And as they're setting oh my God, up, their... they're wearing the same outfit. Oh no. <laughs> <clears throat> there Don't are, you guys ever change? <laughs> there are seven members of the band, and uh, you, if, you're, if you're hearing this, because we're on Facebook Live and some people watch us uh, live, and then it's archived on our Jerry Springer podcast Facebook page, uh, but we're largely heard you know, on cell phones and computers, and uh, so you can't see this, but there are seven members, and they're loud and proud and very expert and crystal peterson is a uh, jazz singer i guess and her voice safe to say is it's pretty jazz amazing <laughs> phenomenal uh, and uh her band does that too and crystal's first song is going to be head high feet low that's right you ready to go 
Sometimes it hurts to dream Why don't you take a lesson from the magician And wait, wait Keep your head up high And your feet way down below you Keep your head up high, high Keep your head up high And your feet way down below you Keep your head up high, high. And do you Sometimes it hurts to dream Do you really think that you will find your way When you're working nine to five most every day Don't you take a lesson from your heart Peterson and the Queen City Band. Boy, they are really good. You have an album out called Spell. Yes. Correct? And people can hear your music at crystalpeterson.com. I'll spell that. K-R-Y-S-T-A-L-P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. Are the songs uh, that com. you sang tonight on that CD, on the newest CD? This song is not. This is new. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So we have to check it out on the website? Yes. Check it out. Okay. So we have to keep coming back I to love it. your podcast to hear it. There you yeah. go. Love it. Love it. <laughs> We could right, be got- friends, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Did you do some work with Walt Disney World, by the way? I did, yeah. Um, 
When I was 17, I signed a record contract right out of high school. And Out of uh, what high school? I was, I'm was. i from Anderson, Indiana, originally. Okay. I'm a Hoosier, originally. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so I graduated from Anderson High School there in Anderson right. and uh, went moved out to Los Angeles, signed a record contract, and started touring with the Backstreet Boys, which were a really okay. huge oh, yeah. deal at the time. If you've I, ever heard of that little group. I opened, <laughs> yeah. up, for them, <laughs> opened up for them for so cool. almost an entire year on their international no tour. They took me under their wing, and I ended up... Um, they ended up actually putting out my record yeah. for wow. me with the help of Interscope Geffen. And um, I signed with William Morris and got a really good agent. Jerry's and agency. Starting doing it. It's yeah. the best really? agency I, I, in the world. I didn't get a singing contract. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? There is a contract out on me, but, there's, yeah. <laughs> but that's all what like a shame. A, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I had a lot of experience back then. And, and then I just I started to feel like I was not able to really put my best foot forward yeah. and grow into the person and the artist I wanted to be. And in a, in a, in an effort to get out of that situation, I left and went back to Indiana for a while and restarted my whole, pretty much everything, wow, <laughs> which I'm sure. sure we've all been there before. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most of us have left move. the backstreet boys in situations like that and go back to, <laughs> yeah. sure Crystal, that sounds totally normal. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Thanks. And your That's next song cool. is called, Leave. This song's called Leave This Girl Alone. All right. Hey, did you all hear about the bakery that burned down down the street? No. 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 What? Yeah, the guy's business is toast. <laughs> oh. I love this right. guy. That's good, isn't it? I love this guy. How? <laughs> yeah. How, uh, yeah. How would you like to open for us in the elevator? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, that would be cool. Yeah. The Queen City Band in an elevator. You got to make some room for us. All yeah. right. You know? I don't think <laughs> we're going to Those doors have... open and like, boom. We're good but... together. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I, it'd be great, but there'd be no room for anyone to come on the elevator. <laughs> we right. make room for them. Yeah. We make room. Do it on the freight elevator. Right. Crystal Peterson <laughs> and the Queen class, City class. Band. <laughs> And you and I 
Crystal Peterson and the Queen I City Band. Can you take us out on... Just purchased album on iTunes. You can do that as well. There yes. you go. So yeah. get it. <laughs> We're not going to leave you alone. We're going to have you yeah. back here more. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was awesome. Loved it. Take us out on uh, Down by the Riverside. Let Jerry Springer join in All with you. All right. Here we go. <laughs> She's Crystal like, Peterson and the Queen learn. City Band. <laughs> I like when people sing. It's, yeah. it's even you. Even you. Here we go. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.
Down by the riverside, I say, 